Hello, and welcome to the 19th episode of the LI Law Podcast. I am your host, Zahava Schechter. The premise of this podcast is to feature issues, developments, and topics affecting the law and how it relates to the 8 million of us who live or work on Long Island, New York, which includes Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Kings Counties. If you live or work on Long Island, this podcast on local and state legislative and judicial decisions is for you. Our guest on this very special 19th episode is Carl Gerardo, community activist for Nassau County Legislative District 8, which includes Elmont, Frank. Franklin Square and West Hempstead, as well as Town of Hempstead sections of the villages of Belrose, Belrose Terrace, Floral Park, and New Hyde Park, and the village of Stewart Manor. Carl is also trustee of the Franklin Square Public Library, board member of the Central Nassau Rotary Club, a current Nassau County Corrections Officer, and a former volunteer firefighter, as well as a 9-11 hero. Today, Carl and I will be discussing the candidate forum held on October 10th, 2019 at the Franklin Square Public Library, the candidates who attended and those who did not attend, the issues they discussed, and what is at stake for residents of the town of Hempstead and Nassau County. We will also give you locations for where to vote early. Election day is Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, so be sure to vote. Please check out the show notes for Carl's contact information. Please keep in mind that we will not be providing legal advice to any specific questions. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's first talk about the forum itself. I'm not telling any secrets here when I say it was poorly attended. Granted, there was a conflicting event at the same time at Malloy College, but that was really only for the town supervisor position. So Carl, why do you think so few people attended the Franklin Square Forum? Well, I think one of the main reasons was we had to move the date because it conflicted with another forum. Now with the early voting, uh, forums have been popping up all over, so it becomes a bit of a, a scheduling nightmare. So I think once we rescheduled and then we had to move the time, kind of threw people off a little bit. Okay, so you don't uh, chalk this up to voter apathy or lack of interest? Not entirely. Most of the voters in the, the area are pretty well up on what's going on. What's happening... Uh, right now, though, like I said, with the early voting, people are just a little all over the place with that kind of stuff. But no, it wasn't apathy. Last year, we ha had a larger amount because it also depends on the race. I mean, when you have a county executive race, obviously, you're going to have a lot more interest. Town of Hempstead race, as you saw, people did stay, even though they were running late did stay to ask questions, and they did show up, which was important as well. Oh, definitely. The people who came were committed and interested in hearing what the candidates had to say. So let's start at the top of the ticket, which is Town of Hempstead Supervisor. The candidates there are Laura Gillen uh, from the Democratic Party, Donald Clavin from the Republican Party, and Diane Madden, a Libertarian. And we'll start by talking about Don Clavin, who was a no-show. What do you think was uh, happening there? Well, I can't speak for him, so I honestly don't know, but... Uh, if you know the area, you know it's it's largely Republican. So my belief that those that didn't show up don't really understand the area and think that people are just going to vote their way. Uh, Did you a, think that was disrespectful at all? Well, uh, as someone who had run for office, I, I tried my best to make sure I was at everything I was invited to. Uh, to decline a candidate's forum or not to show up at a candidate forum, yeah, I find that very disrespectful. Let's go back to your run for elected office. What did you run for and when? Um, I ran um, twice against Vinnie Muscarella for uh, legislator in LD8. Uh, actually, three times. I tried in 2013, but I was sued off the ballot, which was interesting. And then uh, I came back in 2015 
and for my first official run on the ballot, did quite well, even though it's a two to one Republican majority. Then I ran again in 17 and I did extremely better than I had. I turned many areas in LD8 uh, purple. That's legislative district. Legislative district A for Nassau County, yes. So uh, let's talk about Laura Gillen and Diane Madden, who did attend uh, Mm -hmm. first about Laura Gillen. How do you think she did? Well, I have to say, I haven't heard Don Clavin speak on any of the issues other than the stuff I've seen on Facebook and on the news. Uh, This was the first time I've seen her in this run speak, and uh, she was very on point. I mean, especially with the question that was asked about the budget. She knew her numbers. She knew exactly what was uh, going on. And she wasn't afraid to call things out, which I thought was very important. Right. I also thought she was honest when she admitted she couldn't get all of her agenda done. She said, I tried to do the best I could. I don't have all the votes. I I thought that was honest of her. Well, that was very important because she needs to stress to the voters how obstructional the town board is. I mean, they voted away most of her power. They voted away. She couldn't even appoint people. She couldn't appoint commissioners or anything. Right. Because they're all appointed by the town board. And if they have the majority, obviously, they're going to vote how they want. They wanted... And currently, the town of Hempstead Board is primarily Republican. Yes, it is. But you got to understand, if you've ever been to a town of Hempstead board meeting, uh, it's very partisan. And they wanted to keep the status quo. And that's what this election is about keeping the status quo. Or not. Or not. Well, my hope is that she gets a couple of town board members that are able to move things forward. Okay, well, without taking partisan uh, uh, positions here, Mm -hmm. we all, I think, think that Town of Hempstead needs to move forward and not be stuck in this this partisan fight. Mm -hmm. What do you think about her attempts to get an independent audit of the building department? Well, I think it's a long time in coming. If you've ever dealt with the Town of Hempstead building department, it can be somewhat of an arduous task. So... um, any good manager, I would assume, especially when you take office, would like to have an audit of your uh, areas that need fixing. Because how are you going to fix it unless you have an audit to know what's going on? Like she said, and I, I agree with her as much as some of the other you can't fix a problem with the people that have created the problem. Correct. And also, you can't fix a problem when you're not even sure what the problem is. Right. We see the consequences, but where we could fix it or improve the system, that has not been shown to us yet. I also want to go back to what you said about the budget, because mm-hmm. there was a question to her about the about a tax hike, and a lot of the literature I'm receiving is about Laura Gillen raising our taxes. Is that correct? I never look at that paper, any of the, the stuff you get in the mail, because there's always two sides to everything. Now, personally, I think the one thing they had brought up was in the budget was about the attrition of employees right. and how they were artificially putting stuff in there to look like they were getting a tax cut, even though they're having to pay the large subsidies when people leave. Severance packages. Severance's packages when yep. they leave. So the budget is very artificial. Uh, it's in flux most of the time. But the biggest issue I'm having with the budget is the fact that she's very transparent with it. If you've noticed, she's having a lot of budget. That's where I was actually planning on going to one of her budget hearings that she's having. So at least we have an idea and can ask those questions because it is very complicated, the town budget. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Rath Park for a minute. Oh, because yes. I know you're so active in Franklin Square. Can you explain to our listeners 
what the issues are involving that park? Well, Rath Park, if you don't know, is in Franklin Square, and it is what they call a special parks taxing district, which means the park, uh, there are four parks, we come to find out, uh, in the Franklin Square Parks District. It's Rath Park, it's Cherry Valley Park on Nassau Boulevard, there's the Cherry Valley Baseball Fields on Cherry Valley Avenue, and there's a small little pocket park on uh, Cromwell over in Malvern, which is all part of the park sisters. Basically what it means is, if you are a resident of Franklin Square, you pay taxes directly to the parks district, not to the town of Hempstead. So I'll give you an example. I belong to Rath Park, but if I chose to want to go to Echo Park, I am a non-town of Hempstead resident because I do not live technically in the town of Hempstead. I'm in a special parks district. And there's several of them in the town. I just want to say that there was a great deal of discussion about Rath Park at this meeting. And some of the things that Laura... Gillen said, I wasn't quite sure I understood. She said she wanted to meet with community leaders. She has. And she has. So what are those efforts? So what's happened is um, there's been an effort by many people in the community to uh, fix the park. The park has been neglected for many years. There's no arguing in any of that. So what are some of the things that Laura Gillen has done about Rath Park? Well, she's had uh, several meetings and they've allocated um, about $300,000 to um, the park for repairs. So that's what's presently in the process. That's what she was talking about. Is that sufficient? Well, it's what we have because we're a special taxing district. So that's what we have available within the money we've been taxed. Okay. All right. We can go on to that another time. Let's talk about Diane Madden, the libertarian, Mm -hmm. who started talking about her work in the shelters, the animal shelters. I don't know much about her. Do you know about her? Well, I I know Diane. Diane's a lovely woman, and she's very, very much active in the uh, in the community with the animals, especially at the at the shelter. So she, yes, she has a huge. understanding of what's issues with the shelter she's a good person she's run for public office before i just don't think that this is the um the right race for her i think she would have been great as a council person personally okay you know i I was also reading about money we're going to talk about that (laughs) later she has not yet filed a campaign finance report Um, yeah they file in july and january so she may have Missed that deadline. Missed that deadline because she may not have had any funds at that time. So I wonder why she's running now because it seems to me if we look back at, at higher races, when you have a spoiler come in, usually it takes votes away from at least one of the candidates. Yeah. And I think if anyone's going to lose votes here, it's going to be Laura Gillen. It's very possible. So do you think this is Diane Madden's way of putting a kibosh on, on Laura Gillen? I hope not. A lot of times when you run for office and you're the third party candidate... Sometimes it's not always about winning, but it's about creating a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's about getting an issue out that you're passionate about and getting people to talk about it. So sometimes it's not always about spoiling an election. It's about enhancing the issues in an election. And I think that's basically what she's trying to do. I think you said that very well. And she did come across as very genuine and very pleasant. I actually yes. spoke with her for a few minutes afterwards. And I think you're right. I hope uh, if this doesn't, if this race doesn't work for her, hopefully she'll run again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the next race, which is Town of Hempstead Town Clerk, Sylvia Cabana is the Democratic 
candidate and Kate Murray is the Republican. Kate Murray did not attend the event. Again, another no-show. And I want to start to, to ask you, Carl, number one, why do you think she didn't show up? And second, isn't this sort of a come down from her after being town of super town of Hempstead supervisor so many years? Why would she run for town clerk? Here's here's how I look at it. Um, Sylvia Cabana is a uh, is liked, I believe, universally on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat. She's a, she um, she's gotten a lot done in the town clerk's office. And Kate Murray, I don't know why she's running. Truthfully, I don't. I couldn't honestly put a finger on that because. Is it a come down? Maybe. Or maybe they just couldn't find anybody willing to run against Sylvia. I don't know. Well, why didn't she show up? Well, I think it comes down to the same thing with a lot of the other ones that didn't show up. They take the people in Franklin Square area for granted that they're Mm going to vote their way. And there's also a lot of Islander fans in Franklin Square. So I'm sure that may have been a a bit of a deterrent as well. Because there was a game on at the same yep. time. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's talk about Sylvia Cabana. And one of the things that she stressed was uh, her goal of making town services more accessible and transparent, including passports and destination weddings and credit card machines. And she talked about the calendar. She tried to get a calendar online, but that did not <laughs> work. How do you think she's done so far? Well, Personally, I, I've used her services for passports at the ta- at the town hall, and it was seamless. It was quite easy to get done. I have to say that. Um, as far as the destination weddings, I've seen quite a few of them that she's done. The thing I thought, I saw her speak, I can't remember exactly where it was, but she was talking about trying to modernize the town clerk's office, and they're still using typewriters. That's how far out of date the town of Hempstead is. Now, if you look at it historically, uh, Kate Murray used to be the town clerk at one point, and she's talked about how uh, she did all these wonderful things to modernize. The, yeah, well, Sylvia came in, and they still got typewriters, so how much modern could the last two town clerks have been? Right, so so why are they still using papers? Is, is the budget not sufficient to account for computers? That's something you would have to try to figure out from them. My personal opinion is status quo. It's easier. Bureaucracy is built on paper. And when you modernize and streamline things, there's no more bureaucracy. You, meaning, move forward. meaning some employees would be let go. So yeah. the, patr- the patronage Patri- positions They have would to not feed the there. machine. So now we're moving on to Town of Hempstead Council members. That is a race between Thomas Muscarella, who is the brother of Vincent Muscarella, as well as a uh, Town of Oyster Bay councilman, and Thomas Tweedy, who is the former mayor of of Floral Park, or is he current mayor? No, he's former mayor. Former mayor. Okay, so what did you think of, again, Thomas Muscarella did not, the Republican candidate did not attend. What's that all about? Taking the area for granted. Well, well, that's (laughs) interesting for him because he was put in by the Republican Party after Ed Ambrosino had to step down Mm -hmm. um, due to... uh, uh, corruption charges, you would think he wouldn't take people for granted. People don't know him so well. Well, they know the name. If you notice a lot of the times what they do is they're going to pick a name that everyone knows, Kate Murray, Muscarella, things that are easy for, oh, I know that name, because that's a lot of people vote by the name, not by So the we're dumbing down the Well, the I think it goes back to what I said before. They take the voters for granted, that they're just going to vote a party line. I mean, I never voted a party line. I always, you know, I was always up and down depending on the person because I vote the person, not the politics. I agree with you. And uh, there's a lot of good people here. They've done a lot of good things. I think that a lot of times it just becomes complacent. And I think the problem 
with Tom Muscarella not showing up is he lives in the area. He knows the people. He should have had the decency to show up and, and speak. If you remember, Tom Tweedy, when he was speaking, said every time they've had a debate, he's not shown up for it. That concerns me. Why won't you debate your opponent? Right. Is he what, afraid? It, I don't know if he's afraid or he's maybe not up on the issues as well as Tom Tweedy is. Because if you heard, you heard how he spoke. He was very articulate on the agenda and things that need to be done. Yes. Uh, he was very up on the issues of the area. Okay, so let's get to Tom Tweedy because I agree mm-hmm. with you. He was very impressive. Mayor of Floral Park, town of Hempstead, lifelong resident. He's the mayor for 16 years. He said that his bond rating was the highest ever. He talked about the fact that he's a Republican by the way. Yes. And he's running on the Democratic line because he's just fed up with all the corruption in the town. And he wants to make a difference. He wants to bring back honorable, responsive and accountable government, which... Well, I can understand. Can everyone agree with that? I can understand because when I originally ran in 2013, I was a Republican and I ran on the Democratic line because he uses a line and I agree with it. He didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left him. And I kind of agree with that. When you're on the Republican side, you become a rhino. I don't know if you know what that is, Republican no. in name only. Ah. You just have, you know, you don't vote the Republican line. You vote, so you start voting the people. You start looking at what works best. And I understand where he's coming from because I was there at one point. And uh, you look at the corruption all around you and go, how can I support this anymore? Exactly. It, it's, it makes no sense. And... I think he's a very much of a common sense candidate. I think he brought a lot of common sense to how to move the town forward. I was also impressed by his speech. He was civil. He treats people as colleagues. Uh, He talked about the need for bipartisanship, for reaching across the aisle, for getting things done and leaving politics behind. I agree with that. And 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 when, uh, when I ran... And I, and I think Tom's the same way. You're running as a Democrat, but you understand the Republicans. And I think that's important because if you don't build a bridge between both sides, everything will stagnate. There was a phrase I used. I forgot who said it. I'm going I'm to say it was uh, President Eisenhower that said, you know, when you're building the interstate road system, if you're going to, if you want to move anything forward, you go too far to the left or too far to the right, you're in a ditch. You got to be in the middle of the road to move things forward. And I kind of agree with that. I think we have to understand both sides to move forward. And I wish Tom Muscarello was there. I would have loved to have heard. I've not really heard him speak on any issues. And I would have loved to have because I'm open. Right. Me too. I, you want to make an informed decision. Yes. And when only one candidate shows up, I think of that frankly as lack of respect as well as losing a wonderful opportunity to show us the, his constituents, and I am one, why he is the best choice. And you know what I think you were talking about? There was not that many people. There was about, I don't know, 20 people. Correct. But those 20 people know 20 people who know 20 people. who know, And it just exponentially grows from there. And with the, with the advent of social media, it expands even further from there. And I think that was why they, they start taking the, the electorate for granted that, oh, there's only going to be 10 people, who cares? You know what? Those 10 people talk. 
and they were dedicated enough to stay as late as they did. So you know they really want to know what the issues are, and right. that's taking us for granted. Right. We stayed till at least 10 p.m., so yes. that was a long evening. And I want to jump now, since we're talking about a muscarella, I mm-hmm. want to talk about another muscarella, mm-hmm. um, Vincent Muscarella, yes. who is running against Barbara Hafner for Nassau County Legislator and in District 8. Mm-hmm. And in as much as we talked about Tom Tweedy and his civil tone, I must say I was very impressed by how Vinnie Muscarella talked about Barbara Hafner. Well, he did the same thing when I ran. Okay, but he, but I want to say he was very polite. Yes, and, and he, he is. even said He's a nice person. he even said if the district votes in Barbara Hafner, she's a lovely woman. She does a good job, even if it was a show. I like to see the well, civility, and I like to see the kinder, gentler way of speaking and not the, this negativity oh no, that he, we see in the election. He said the same thing when I ran. He said when I ran that uh, if I won, uh, the LDA would be getting a, a person that's very dedicated to the community. He said the same. And Which yes, is I, true. Well, I thank you very much. But I, I agree with that. But in some respects, it also undercuts when somebody has something harsh to want to say about the, uh, I won't use him as an example, but just say any candidate and someone praises you. It's hard for you to go back at them when they're doing something that you may not agree with because right. then you look bad. Well, I think Barbara Hafner did that well. Yes. We're going to get to Barbara Hafner in a minute. But let's talk about Vinnie Musc- Vincent Muscarella. He's been in office 24 years. He was a New York State Assemblyman before that. He talked a lot about his work on infrastructure and transportation. And there was a question to him about whether Franklin Square is a, a dump, for, forgive me for saying that, because of so many rentals and that it's mm-hmm. it's really been neglected. I'm um, glad you brought that up. Did he, did he have a good answer no. to that? So what did he no. say, and, and why is it well, he not was, good? If, if you recall, he was passing it off to the state and the town, and I find that very disingenuous because a similar question came up when we ran against each other, and my response was very... I had two responses to that. As an elected official, whether you're a county official, a town official, a state official, you represent the people in your area. So if someone comes to you as a county official and they say, listen, Hempstead Turnpike is X, Y, Z, Well, then you have a responsibility to say, you know what, call these people, but I will follow up and I will get back to you. To me, it was much passing the buck. He didn't come up with a direct answer. Right. If you recall, I told him that the road on which I live, which is a Nassau County road, we were trying to get stop signs or some stop other kind or of a light, yes. uh, or a light, and that we're having trouble. I'm having trouble even after a FOIL request, Freedom of Information Law, getting anything from the commissioner's office. And his response to me was that the legislature cannot do anything about the actual department. Uh, commissioners. Okay. And I was very surprised at that. And I, I did not. follow up with him. If he is my representative, right? He mm-hmm. is, I'm a constituent of his. Why doesn't he even want to try? He didn't even make an effort. He didn't say, I'll follow up, I'll look. And well, he knows this more than five years we're trying to get these signs. The fact that he knew about it and couldn't even give a good response to it was quite telling. As an elected official, as anyone should be, you should be very cognizant of that. And the first words he should have said was, you know what? Give me your information. I will have someone from my office call you. Exactly. Wouldn't that have been easy? So why didn't he do it? That's something you'd have to ask him. No, I mean, we talk my, about complacency. Does he yes. not care? I don't think he does. Listen, I believe he cares. I just believe that after 24 years, what's the point? Battling, you know what I'm saying? I, you I just don't become know. so... 
But he talked about the roads a lot. And even in, in Which the if you dog, drive these roads, they're not the best. Right. Even in the dogwood uh, area, mm-hmm. there's, there's potholes. Yes. They're dangerous. They're not getting fixed. Again, as you said, he passed the buck right. to the town, to the state. If he was really doing anything or really cared or any elected official for that matter, they would say, listen, this is what I've done. I've called this person. I am on their back about X, Y, and Z. Don't always say, listen, well, you have to call and file it. You're my elected official. You should be filing for me. Exactly. And getting back to me. I, we all file. It's just, you know. That's right. I, I thought he spent a lot of time talking about his family, which it's very lovely that he, you know, had a, a loving family and his father instilled in them the importance of public service. But I'm more interested in what he can do for me. Right. And, the meat and, and not for me. Of the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I agree. Help me on my road. So let's let's go to Barbara Hafner, mm-hmm. who is soft spoken. I thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you. She's did. a teacher. So She's yeah. She's a teacher. Uh, you know, very polite, very genteel woman, but has no political experience. What do you think of her? Here's how I look at it: someone that had no political experience when I ran. That's what you need nowadays. You need somebody that's going to think outside the box. The one thing you you failed to mention, and I'm sure you were going to get to it, is she's a, a union president. Correct. She's very involved in the labor negotiations. Now, if you're going to be a legislator, labor negotiations are important because you need to negotiate with both sides. And right. she, she that did talk is a very important aspect I think she brings to the table. She did bring she did bring up her experience as a labor negotiator. And don't don't take what I'm saying the wrong no. way. Uh, if it were up to me, I'd throw everybody out. Everybody would be new, and and hopefully we could get something done. But I'm just wondering, despite what we've said about Vincent Muscarella, is there a benefit to having someone who knows how to play the system, or is he just not putting in well, the effort? Here's how I equate that and I will use my favorite line from uh, Albert Einstein about insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome you'll never fix Nassau County the town of Hempstead or anything else if you keep putting the same people in decade after decade mm-hmm. because they are entrenched like a tick they're not going to get out you're not going to fix the problem not voluntarily you're not going to fix the problem if you don't have people who are novice because everyone was a novice when they ran at one point if you don't have them get in and try to fix the problem we're never going to go anywhere i agree with you and i want to go back to what you said about vincent muscarella being so polite to you as well Mm -hmm. as to barbara hafner i thought she finessed that beautifully she was kind back to him and yet she hit every point that he made about why he was not being effective well did you think she carried her own? She she, car- she carried herself very well, absolutely. And the thing that I thought uh, was very interesting when we, when since we're discussing the, uh, this particular race, is when they asked him, "Well, what he what he has done," but he never, if you notice, he never said a specific bill he ever sponsored. Correct. He just talked about the bills he voted on to approve, because. And if many you, of them from years ago, too. Not yes, even many, recent. many. Now, it was very funny when... Uh, and not not even bipartisan. Many of them were just Republican-sponsored yes, from correct. years ago, from Santino, from yes. from Murray. Yeah, everything. Now, if you... Here's how I, I look at things, especially now with social media. Uh, I ask everyone to Google the person who's running and see what they have up there. You, If you Google Vinny, he's a nice guy. I like him. We've known each other a long time. Uh, you're not going to find much because there's nothing there. 
you Google Barbara, you'll see all her stuff that she's been putting out on Facebook and everything else, all the stuff she wants to bring forward because that's the way things are nowadays. Um, he's a nice guy. He's been there too long. We need somebody that's going to look at things a little differently. Okay. Let's move on to the next race and actually our, huh. our last race from the candidate forum, yes. which is the town of Hempstead Council, Bruce Blakeman, yes. Republican versus Sherry James Pierre, Democrat. Mm -hmm. Let's start with Bruce Blakeman. What do you think of him? Much like Vinny, been there too long. He's very, um, how can I put it? Uh, I he's a he nice got, guy. I thought he got upset. It he, was it was almost like as Shari, uh, Shari James brought up different issues. She got under his yes. skin and was even able to push back on a lot of what he said. And instead of taking it with grace, he got he, nasty. He got nasty. Yes, yes. He, he got very well, bombastic. And what was very the purpose loud. of that? Because she got under his skin. Here is now a novice. She's very intelligent woman. Extremely. She was able to pinpoint specific issues and get them right out there. And got under his skin. And he did not know how to react. No, he didn't. And she was deputy controller of Nassau County. Mm -hmm. And she has experience at J.P. Morgan Price Waterhouse. So it's not like she comes with no experience. She does have experience both in the public and private sectors. And yet he was unable to really handle her comments about the roads, the parks needing investment, empty storefronts. Well, he wasn't even if you. It was funny about the roads. Since we bring up roads, because roads are always an issue, mm -hmm. the one thing he he should have brought up is what Laura Gillen had uh, done to... Uh, he was, remember how he was talking about, uh, those that don't know, he was talking about how the roads were examined by somebody would go out and assess them. and Well, that was coming down to who had the political clout to get their road done. Correct. So Laura Gillen, what she did is had them take this truck out that digitally and electronically monitors the street and ranks the streets so it takes the human factor out it's done by an algorithm that was annoying him because then he can say right. look what i've done you know exactly he tried to take credit for that yes. and sherry james pushed back at him and said no it was laura gillen's yes. plan it wasn't That's you exactly that was you know anything good that um that's been done in this administration, they're going to take credit for. The other thing he talked about, which I thought was interesting, was the bus routes. <laughs> he started talking about bus routes and how uh, there is not a, um, a Long Island Railroad station in Franklin Square. Yeah, or and there never will be because we don't have a railroad in Franklin Square. Exactly right. So he was talking about the nice bus and how wonderful it is. I just thought, I didn't understand the relevance of that. There was no relevance because what happened was... Uh, he was talking about a full-time train station, thinking that we were going to have one in Franklin Square, which obviously we can't. Um, but he had to try to link the misstep that he said with the railroad. Yeah. So he it was trying to like connect the dots. He he also seemed to be reactive, meaning whatever the issues are, we'll fix them, as opposed to Sherry James, who I thought was proactive. Yes. I'm not a I'm not in that district, but I thought she was very proactive. Let's get ahead of the problems and try to figure out what's not working before something happens well that comes down to complacency like we've been talking about for the whole thing people that have been there for a while are complacent we'll fix it when someone tells us about it not walk your district and find out what's going on i mean he's got to drive these roads he's got to see what's going on and say how can you like by us share a boulevard is a nightmare he sent a letter to all the people in franklin square that it's going to be fixed in the next 30 days you remember he said and how is that going to happen it's gonna, ha you know what, you know why he said it because it's right before election day. Exactly, but how is that? 
what's really going to happen? What's gonna, it's not. And because what's going to happen is if he gets if he gets reelected, November's passed. Oh, well, the road didn't get fixed. And then everyone will complain again. There's never any respect for the people in the in the community. It's all about getting kicking the can down the road to the next election cycle. That's all they do. They're complacent. We need to shake it up and get some new people that are willing to think outside the box and mm-hmm. say, listen, let's be more proactive instead of react. Most government, county, town, state, is always reactive. Mm-hmm. There's very few that are proactive. There's a few. There's a few electeds that are very proactive, but there's very, most of them are very reactive. Oh, so-and-so complained. Let's go fix it. Right. Well, you should have known about that road a year ago. I agree. And and actually, I, I don't want to change, but yeah, belabor the point. But one of the things Bruce Blakeman talked about was how we need to make our downtowns people friendly so oh. that people hang out. And I just want to say that one of the reasons I think so many millennials are leaving is not because our downtowns aren't friendly with bars, etc., but because the prices here are too high. The prices for a real estate, and so maybe if 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 you go to Garden City, it's nice. They have bars, they have restaurants that are open. But if you can't afford to live here, you're not going to be doing that. I'll give you an example. When I was running um, for legislator, I spoke to a lot of uh, seniors that live in the community, and uh, if seniors don't move, you don't have young people moving in. So I kind of was asking what was going on, and the. Se- they would say, well, why would I leave my house where I'd have to pay just as amount of a mortgage to go to a, a senior community? I might as well stay here. So if you don't have, if your communities are aging out and you don't have affordable housing for the younger people moving in. Now, I'll give you an example. My, my son had a tough time finding a house. They, they finally found a house. My daughter, who's getting married, is looking for a house, cannot find anything within where they want to live because they love the community around here, but it's almost impossible to live. We need to start looking at more, like when they were doing Belmont, I was kind of hoping they were going to put some more commuter-based housing mm-hmm. you know, for the millennials. Mm-hmm. Much I think, I think Valley Stream is doing something similar to that. Anywhere, you notice though, a lot of times... Uh, villages will do more yes. for that because they have more control. See, you see people that say, well, let's make Franklin Square a village. Well, we can't because if we became a village now, we would have no authority over any zonings or anything else, which is what you want a village to be able to do. Correct. So if we don't have that authority, becoming a village is just useless. The villages, Rockville Center is an example. They've built up their downtown to bring more millennials in. Valley Stream is doing it because they're a community. They I, are I just a, want to say about Rockville Center, their train, their train stop for the Long mm-hmm. Island Railroad goes right through their downtown. Yes. So it brings, it's an easy way for millennials to not have to drive, get on the train, go to work in the city, come back and enjoy the nightlife. That's something exactly. Franklin Square doesn't we have. We don't have that. We are a, we are a corridor community. Mm-hmm. You know, if those that don't know, we just have, you know, people pass through. Now, I think, though, my personal opinion is with Belmont being redeveloped and Uniondale being redeveloped at the Coliseum and everything, Elmont, Franklin Square, uh, West Hempstead, Hempstead, all the corridor communities through Uniondale, all the way there, have an opportunity for a revitalization because everyone will be traveling from one point or the other down Hempstead Turnpike. I think this is a great discussion. We're going to talk about yeah. that another time. That's I fine. want to talk about two more things sure. um, in, in involving these elections. One is that Ed Ambrosino, who we discussed, had to step down um, 
as councilman of Hempstead, town of Hempstead. He was um, convicted. Actually, he pled guilty to a tax evasion charge. He requested that sentencing be delayed until after the election. And I wanted to talk about that. Because, as did Ed Mangano. As did Ed Mangano. And I wanted to talk about that because I don't know. Do you, do you think that's fair, Carl? He, he says he's not trying to affect the election. That's but exactly it, what he's doing. Yeah, it seems to me that if he is sentenced to jail time, that's just going to play into the Democrats. Well, absolutely. Uh, they're going to play it anyway, but let's get realistic. They do that, and if they've done it. If you notice, when he was on, when Mangano was on trial or whatever, they would always delay it till after Election Day, to where the trial would start or the next section of their trials would start. They always do that because the judges don't want to affect the... Uh, the outcome of an election would be feared that they're affecting. But, but here it didn't come from the judge. It no. came from Ed yeah, Ambrosino. Because he's a because he's a key player in the town of Hempstead. And it would affect it would affect the election and I and it's going to affect the election because let's get realistic. That was that was a problem. Yeah. It is a problem. I also Look at the town of Hempstead. They just had the deputy commissioner of the building department also, come on. Indicted. Yeah. Come on. That's why we need an audit of the building department. Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about money because okay. we all know whether it's a presidential election or a town supervisor position, if you have money, it helps, right? You can send out well, literature. So I want to talk about this. Yes that right no. now, uh, Laura Gillen, who is uh, currently uh, town of Hempstead supervisor and is looking for to be reelected has a war chest of six hundred six thousand dollars compared to Don Clavin who has one hundred and forty one thousand dollars for now for now and does that matter do you think I mean when well, you ran for office it, it, well I ran my entire election on the three or four thousand dollars I ran I that I raised myself I bought my own literature I did everything because you know what Yes, money's important in these larger races like the supervisors because let's get realistic. They want to get some stuff on the on TV, radio ads and that kind of stuff. Isn't important. But Clavin, he's going to get money. They're going to dump money right before the election. The Republicans always will do a dump of money right before. So you before. think he'll get. So let's talk about some yeah. of these other races because I see Bruce Blakeman has $45,000 while Sherry James has 23000 mm -hmm. um, Interestingly, I see here that Sylvia Cabana has $15,300 in her war chest. Kate Murray has $57,000. Well, she probably still has a campaign account from when she ran as supervisor. So I want to talk about one last race that we have not discussed, which is the race for receiver of taxes. Chandra Ortiz is the Democratic candidate. I don't even know who the Republican candidate is I and whoever either. it is didn't show up. I don't, another one in a no show. Unbelievable. Okay, so Chandra Ortiz is a real estate attorney for 20 years, and she says a town of Hempstead uh, resident for 30 years, and she talked about tax certiorari and condemnation um, it's her first time running for office. What was your opinion of her? Well, there's a lot of good first-time candidates this year, I think. Um, she was very impressive. It's the first time I've heard her speak, and she was very much like the other ones, were very on point, knew the issues, and knew uh, what needed to be done. It's refreshing sometimes. It is refreshing, and uh, I wish her good luck. So the last thing that we wanted to talk about is voting early. Yes, not voting often, but voting very, uh, early. No, in it's Nassau not Chicago. County. And what's interesting to me is this is the first time that I think different counties are doing this, but Nassau County, within right. New York State, Nassau County has 15 locations mm -hmm. where people can vote early. Yes. Um, in Glenhead. It's very important. Yeah. I think it's... Um, 
Early voting, I think, is going to really redefine this election this year. Yeah, I mean, Glenhead, Mineola, Elmont, Valley Stream, Lawrence, West Hempstead, Rockville Center, North Merrick, Wanta, Floral Park, Garden City, Hempstead, Massapequa, Plainview, and Hicksville. It's really all over the county. Yes. And the dates are Saturday, Sunday, during the week. I mean, there's really a plethora I of dates it's starting and times. October 26th, October correct? 26th is the first date, and um, and the Board of Elections is open off until 8 p.m. on those days. Yes. So how do you think that early elections Will first of all, how does that manifest? How, what do you do for early elections? How do you vote early? And second, how do you think, Carl, that will affect the turnout? Well, um, with early voting, my understanding is you can go to any of those places, and you will be—it's all electronic. So your name and everything is in there. You sign elect—I believe you sign electronically, and then you're locked out from voting anywhere else because you've done it. You can go to any voting area that uh, you listed. And then you'll see more in the paper. So you don't even have to be have to live in that community. No, I just go, say you live in Hick. Uh, say you work in Hicksville, and and you live you can, in Franklin Square. Square. You can vote there. That you'll That's be great. you'll be in there. I think it's going to be big for the seniors. They're a big voting block in Nassau County, town of Hempstead, and a lot of times people vote with the weather. Yeah, but it's, a lot of seniors vote Republican. So does that mean that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I listen. Republican. How I was looking. I don't care if it's an R, a D, and whatever you. Doesn't matter to me. You need to exercise your right to vote. And how better to understand what the electorate feel without early voting? I agree. And the other thing is, I I love the idea of early voting because I can do it, number one, when it's convenient for me. Correct. And number two, I don't have to deal with candidates or their representatives at the polling places trying to press the flesh and get me to vote. Oh, I bet they'll be there. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. I bet they'll be there. But I think, like I said, for seniors, for millennials, for people that are on the move, that constantly, how many people work so hard in an election, oh my God, I forgot to vote today. Now you don't have to worry. Because people have such busy schedules. This was probably one of the better legislations I've seen in a long time because it's giving people more access to to vote. And this came from Albany, right? Yes. It, it was one of the first things that the new uh, Democratic yeah. majority uh, pushed through. And it makes sense because seniors can come out when... Because let's go. If it's raining or cold on election day, seniors and people, are, and people with children aren't coming out. Right. Now they have an opportunity to schedule it. <laughs> no, it's great. Okay, so that's it for our 19th episode. Thank you, Carl, for the, coming on the podcast. That was Thank so you. interesting. And to our listeners, be sure to download this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are there, please rate us with a review that might start. I just heard on the LI Law podcast that Nassau County residents may choose from 15 locations for early voting on nine days. So listeners, there's no excuse not to vote. The stakes are too high and your vote is important, so please go out to vote. The LI Law podcast lets you know what's going on on Long Island and is your podcast for local tips which educate and entertain. Thanks for listening.